Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers, and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 456, the 2023 Year in Review. We'd like to thank all our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. Alright friends, welcome back to the table. And of course, it's been an amazing year at the table with some amazing games. So we thought... For this episode, we take a look back at two, 2023. Yeah, yeah, we gotta... So, you know, I know you're all waiting for our game of the year. With bated <gasps> breath, nobody else's game of the year is as important as our game of the year. So, I mean, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the word around here in my house. That's what I've heard. That's what people are saying around yeah. the kitchen table. I, I have actually, not jokingly, I've heard people... Had people tell me that they appreciate that we pick things that other places don't normally pick. So. <laughs> Generally, I, much heavier games that are not in that like sure. two point eight to three point three range that every game of the year winner tends to be. Yeah. Um, so and also a I, lot of I, independent games too. Yeah, yeah. So it's not always just like this new Fantasy Flight game or this <laughs> new. I mean, sometimes, but not always. Yeah. So, um, I'm looking forward to it, but I don't even know what our game of the year is yet. So, <gasps> like we we honestly we gave ourselves a couple extra weeks on it because there's just a couple of other games we want to get to the table before we like make our decision there was so much good stuff that's here 
Yes. Good stuff, long stuff, heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just a diversity of really good different themes and board gaming. So we want to make sure that we get as much of that as the table as possible so that we can give you the definitive board game awards, according to, again, people around my kitchen table. Kitchen table. That's what matters most. It is. And I'm assuming my kitchen table is like everyone else's kitchen table. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really big board game table. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My kitchen table. <laughs> You've played at my kitchen table. It's it's enormous. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a lot of a lot of games hitting that table. Not much food, but a lot of games. No. You no, can eat over the sink. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's games and Legos, and we eat in the other room. There you go. So yeah, no, we'll we'll have that coming up for you really soon. So we're getting all those great games in. If by chance. You want to let us know about a game that maybe we haven't gotten to or want to recommend something to get to the table? Just hit us up and let us know. Social media is everywhere. And especially our website, BoardGamersAnonymous.com. Our Patreon account. Just a lot of ways to get to us. Our Discord. I don't know. Facebook. Twitter. Slash X. Slash. I don't know what's going to be next week. (laughs) Whatever it might be. And again, as always, the kitchen table. Yes. All the kitchen tables. All the kitchen tables out there that, that you know, substitute as a game table. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we do every year, we do this every year. We go through at the beginning of the year, we have our most anticipated list, usually about 50 games or so. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year, we go back through that list and say, what came out? What is never coming out? What did we play? What are we never going to play? All the things, right? Um before we get into all that, though, it's also kind of fun just to look at the year as a whole. Mm-hmm. And this year was unique for us, at least, right? Uh, it was, on one hand, getting back to game conventions in a way that we haven't uh, sure. in a long, long time. But on the other hand, board game academics kind of taking off, but doing all the things. Right? All the things, so, man. Yeah, so we launched board game academics last February. and have our call for submissions we got about 25 30 submissions from various people around the world who wanted to share their academic research about board games and we held our first conference for that at gen con um, which aside from everything else we hadn't been back to gen con in like four years uh, or five years (laughs) and that was amazing being able to be there and meet these people and share their research with the world um and now Right now, as we're, as we're speaking, I have the final versions of these articles are coming in from the authors, right? So um, they're due, I think, next week. <laughs> so uh, I think I have half of them in right now. So final review, final editorials happening in January. We will be publishing in February, exactly one year from when we started. Um, it's It's been crazy. It's been a lot of work, but it's been amazing to meet all these different people that we never met before who are doing academic research in board games to travel to different places. We went to Long Island Tabletop Expo. We went to Gen Con. Will and I went to Toronto and Sirius Play Conference um, and just meeting all these different people and sharing our work. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different way of engaging with the hobby than yes. any of us ever have. And it's been really, really interesting and fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, I remember last PAX, we were going around talking to publishers, designers, gamers out there about board game academics getting a lot of great feedback from so many different people diverse backgrounds educations experiences a lot of people who just know that tabletop gaming 
whether it's board games, card games, role-playing games, miniature games, 18 double X or war games or any other number of those kind of combinations has a lot of impact and can say a lot about the world. And those games themselves are a distillation of the world in themselves. So when you play them, there's something meaningful that's taking place. And Anthony, I just shared with you recently, uh, the New Yorker had an article Mm -hmm. about tabletop gaming, um, kind of like a, I don't know, how how would you define it? I think you, you had a good take on it. Yeah, like it read like a, I mean, it was a profile of Amabel Holland, yes. who is the, the owner and operator of Hollandspiel mm-hmm. and makes, they make a, a ton of games. Yes. There's so many games. And most recently, you probably saw the one on Board Game Geek that was up there. And forgive me, I can't remember the exact name, but it was like a smoking game, but it was about being the people promoting the cigarettes. So going through the, <laughs> Going yeah. through the actions of making those marketing campaigns and seeing what that looks like, which is one of my most int- I don't like doing it, but it's the most interesting aspect of gaming is when you ask people to do something, to take agency over an action that is yes. fundamentally uncomfortable to do. Yeah. Um in in a thoughtful, satirical way. Right. So anyways, it was a it was a really interesting article kind of showing uh Amabel's path as a game designer and what they do and how they're more than just a designer and this is like a cultural touchstone and we're having commentary about various things in the world um and also the author brought in a lot of other people there was quotes in there from elizabeth hargrave and isaac childress and a bunch of other designers Mm -hmm. Um, highly recommend checking it out um it reminded me like of the kind of assignments i have my students do of just like profile somebody but also tell a larger story that represents something about the topic you're talking about which i feel like it did really well yeah, and I think we're seeing, which is odd, I mean, strange and different and yet wonderful, is that we're seeing so much coverage about tabletop gaming from journalists and media organizations and, again, obviously scholars out there who are taking it up in a different way and examining it. And I think even us and our friends in, in the media are also doing the same. I've seen some very thoughtful reviews from several of our media friends out there uh thinking about the i guess the political the cultural the social uh effects of tabletop gaming what does it mean to interact and play in a game when is it when is it appropriate when it's not appropriate when is it too much overreaction when it's too little you know like what you know who we who are we as a community when we interact with these games and again like the new yorker article talked about it's interactive art. And I, I think that we can say, and again, arguably, it's high art, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that discussion's been going on about video games for many years. Um, but I mean, playing games, tabletop games, or games in general, I mean, it's essential to our culture. It's essential to us as human beings. I mean, we play. That's what it is to be human, to play, to interact, to create worlds and rules and systems right society's made up of all those things that initially came from play absolutely yeah it's you know huizinga says play is older than culture yes right it that it it predates all the other things that we talk about Mm -hmm. and when it's it doesn't even have to be done well it just has to be done in a thoughtful intentional way i think when it's intentional which is what we get with hobby board games and designer focused games um, which is why it's always worrisome when you have these big companies coming in and telling their designers what to do is because you lose that authorial approach. But it is authored and therefore it is art and therefore yes. it is 
representative of the culture and people engage with that art it's interactive in a way that no other art can be right? yes it doesn't the art doesn't exist until everybody sits down and engages with it 100%. and that's that's unique in a way that almost no other forms are so yes that's why i'm fascinated about it that's what i like to study um 100%. it's cool to see other people finally doing it. yes like you said i mean art is meant is there to be engaged with and challenged and boundaries broken and uh but the valuable part and, and i think we talked we talked about this previously and i know there's been endless amounts of scholarship and talk about there, like death of the author right mm-hmm. uh where is and where is the author in their work right mm-hmm. in that work when it comes to gaming the author is there right they create the game right. but we're also part of that right we're part of that creation are the pathways that we take the roles that right. we play out yeah, it, it cannot exist without us. Yes. Right? A book still exists, a movie still exists, yes. a piece of artwork on the wall still exists. And, you know, you could argue that it doesn't really exist in meaning until somebody observes it, which I would agree with. But the game, the game is just a box full of stuff. Yeah. Until ha- somebody plays it. It has to be played. Yeah. Yeah. So it's those interactions. Um, and it's sometimes you have those interactions and you're like, that was beautiful. You can have that reaction. That was a beautiful engagement that was a beautiful Mm -hmm. memory that i just created out of these pieces of cardboard and plastic um like what what else do you get that from it's true very true so there's a lot of greatness here and 2023 anthony great year for bga great year for all our friends out there uh it's been great to see all of you especially at gen con and pax um we're hoping to be at more conventions more locations this upcoming year the journal will be out this Mm -hmm. year so you get yep. to read all that kind of fun stuff. And myself, you know, Anthony, Will, and so many of other people that are part of the podcast will be at different events and programs. And we really do and sincerely hope to join you at the table. So, Anthony, with all that said, let's talk about the year in review, 2023. Let's do it. So we got 50 games. What? I didn't count. But I try to have 50 because then I have like a list of 50 on the website and Google really likes it. When I'm 50 things, so. <laughs> We are we are also slaves to SEO. What That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we 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 rarely ever say this, but please like, subscribe, add a review wherever you're listening to this. It's silly. Everyone asks you to do it, but it does make all the difference in the world. Or tell a publisher about us. Again, yeah. <clears throat> makes a big impact. Allows us to get out there to more people, and then allows more people to get to the table because they learn about great games. They learn about how great gaming is. So. Please, for the holiday season, give us the gift of clicking a button and especially, especially writing a view and or join us on Patreon if you can. Oh, my gosh. The reviews would be amazing. Yeah. Like Spotify, especially if you're in there. Amazing. Please. Please. <laughs> Santa. Come on, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> We're not begging, but we just want to say we appreciate it if you. Uh, it does. It means a lot to thoughts. us, too. Yeah. Because, again, on our side, you can't see us. But we're talking into microphones out into the universe. So yeah. it's always nice to know that there is intelligent life out there in the universe that says, hey, that was cool. And again, it warms our hearts, especially during this holiday season. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So speaking of warming hearts, let's Aww. talk about some games that them. warm our hearts. Yay. Um, although the first three on this list from last year are all about space. So they're not very warm. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> Two of them are not out yet either. So. It'll be relatively quick. First up, we had Andromeda's Edge. 
This was uh, the Dwellings of Eldervale, but in space. Yes. Dwelling, Dwellings of Eldervale was out of print forever. Still, I think, hard to find. I don't know why this company cannot print enough copies of this game. I think it still is. It's, it, it, yeah. it came back into print. And then I remember people being like, dear God, get on there and buy it before it goes out of print. And then it went out of print again. They're like on their third or fourth printing, and it just sells out immediately. So I still don't have a copy. It's I don't have only, a copy either. <laughs> it's the only game in my top 100 I don't own because I can't yeah. find it. Same. So there's that. Um, but I did back Andromeda's Edge, and eventually I'll have that, and I'll just swap it in. I'll be like, okay, this is in the top 100 now and not this one because I own this one. Yeah. Um, assuming the game is good. Uh, it has not shipped yet. It doesn't look like it's going to anytime soon. It's a big game. So, But they're moving along in production. Um, they have... You know, their most recent update was like, here's our game trays. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> next year, this will be on our list for next year. We'll talk about it at the end of next year. I, I backed this as well. I, I was, I didn't have all the monies to back dwellings. So I would have if I had all the monies, but you know, I hope it does come back into print because I will pick it up. I probably will pick it up unless Andromeda's Edge is like coming that week or is it so amazing that I'm like, okay, I'm stopped buying games. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I really do. Dwell, I love dwellings, and if this could be dwellings in space with some better tweaks to the system, it it'll be fantastic. If yeah. we don't know, but we hope so. That's what I'm hoping for. Sometimes that does not happen. So here's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, next up, we had Arcs. This was on Kickstarter. This is the new Cole Worley game. Mm-hmm. Um, also not out yet, and that's all we really know about it it's like a quasi campaign legacy style for xe type of space game and it's cole whirly so it's probably even weirder than that sounds yeah Uh, they had like a little version you could kind of preview at pax but we didn't really get a chance to do that so it's coming later this year i will get it it will probably go on the shelf next to oath as a game that's very hard to get played but that looks very cool well you backed it I did. So it's good. So hopefully I'll get to play it. That's because I I was on the fence. I was going to back this and I was like, again, in some ways, this is the this last year and a half or next year and a half or so is all space kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about that later where the bees come in into play. Uh, So I was like, how much of this do I really want? But it's probably going to be great and I'll probably regret not backing it. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I always feel great when I make you feel bad. No, I feel great. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, like, oh, sorry, man. This game is pretty good. <laughs> um, next up is Voidfall. This one did come out. I have this. I played it famously over a course of four episodes, learning the game and playing the game. Um, I love it. I gave it a buy in as much as anybody could buy it because it's impossible to find. <laughs> it. But, uh, uh, it's big. It's long. It has too many rules. It has too many modes. But yes. When you get it all working and you finally figure it all out, it's very good. I mean, at some point, we're going to have to do a sci-fi 4X episode, right? Because they'll be, you know, maybe a year from now. I Honestly, yeah. Because, you know, for a long time, we had two, right? We had Twilight yeah. Imperium and Eclipse. Uh, Eclipse. And now there's a bunch more. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Next up, we have Rolling Heights. This is mm-hmm. the John D. Clare game uh, from AEG in which you are building these little towers of cubes and rolling dice. And it, I don't know, it came, it went, people are like, it's fine. I, neither of us backed this, right? No. So it's not one we've played or talked about, and it's not one that's really hit anybody's top of the year list. So it's, uh, it's a game. 
it had a lot of visual appeal to it, and I know that they marketed it pretty hard. So I was surprised that to this day I've not seen it at a meetup, and I have not heard about it from anybody really. No, yeah, I thought it would do better, like because they have other little weird odd games like Cubitos and stuff like yeah. that that people really like. And I thought this would kind of fall into that category, but it has not. It looks like it would. I just don't right. know why I haven't seen this anywhere for some reason. I I'll be honest with you, like this came out. I mm-hmm. guess this came out. <laughs> just haven't it, seen it. It did come out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, we'll play it someday and be like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's a seven. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have Pompero. This is the game about windmills. Um, mm-hmm. Ape games. So it's designed by Julian Pombo, who previously worked on Mercado de Lisboa, which I thought was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they also worked on the solo mode for Lisboa and CO2. So they are a Vitala Serda acolyte. They yes. work with them. They are on Vitala Serda's Discord getting playtesters for their games. So I am excited about this. I have a copy pre-ordered. It has not arrived yet, but I believe it's very close to being available. Mm. Um, they're in the process of shipping, if not now, soon. Um, so I think the production's currently underway, but it's it's not clear when we're getting these games, but sometime in the next two to three months. But it looks good. Yeah, it's Ian Oltu. So pretty artwork. Yep. That's that's pretty much all you have to say. Like, got it. Windmills and Ian Oltu. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a game about green energy made with uh, the artwork by uh, one of the best game artists in the world. So yes, yes I'm all about it. Um, next up we have the Artemis Odyssey. Uh it's designed by Bruno Faiduti and Sergei Laget uh from Grand Gamers Guild. And so this is like a quasi-sequel to the first um, Artemis game, the Artemis Project, mm-hmm. um, which I played, and I cannot remember what I thought of that game, which is not a good sign. <laughs> like, you play a game, you're like, I don't remember. But this is a remake of Ad Astra, which mm-hmm. came out back in 2009, which I also played, and I also can't remember what I thought of that <laughs> game. So I think it's just a meh. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we put it on the most anticipated, unless I was just trying to hit the 50, but uh, the Artemis project was good, so that, that probably had something to do with it, and the artwork looks cool. Yeah, and it's great designers. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up is Atiwa, which, when we did the list last year, we had both played, because it was at PAX. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on to pick it up, and I played it a whole bunch, and it's actually moved into my top 100. Oh! Uh, I really, really like this uh, Uwe Rosenberg game. I know you were kind of cool on it right it's fine I, I i didn't think it was a bad game whatsoever i just thought it was fine um i think you're a little biased because there's batman in yeah, the game there are yeah. bats bats everywhere i love the bat meeples it's like my favorite the bat meeples are awesome I, like i can't remember the last time other than a batman game that i've seen bat meeples i love bat meeples and honestly the game at, at its core is about sustainability yeah so it's a good theme on top of everything else mm-hmm. it's not it's not it's like agriculture sure like all of his games but in a sustainable way which i think is interesting um it will we'll talk about it more in a couple weeks with our best most favorite games of the year it's on my top 10 for the year uh next up we have scholars of the south tigris this is the new shem uh phillips game and there's a new one every year so (laughs) there you go we got another one (laughs) Um, this is the in the South Tri- Tigris trilogy, though. So um, we had the uh, North Sea and then the West Kingdom and now South Tigris uh, kind of trilogy of games. Um, this one is 
like I think kind of deck buildy, bag buildy. But the thing about the Shem Phillips games is they keep getting like progressively more complex. Yes. So this one now is up to a four rating. <laughs> and I, I'm sure it's not actually a four. It's just nah. the people who like his games are like, wow, this is heavy. But every game they release seems to be just slightly more complex. Yeah. And for whatever reason, despite that, I'm always a little less interested. So I don't know. I think Paladins was like my peak. And I'm like, I like this and everything else is in there. Yeah, I, I haven't played this, but I'm looking forward to playing this because I think this might be the one for me as far as like meeting my kind of crunchy credentials. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, next one is a terrible one. Copan, uh, Dying City. Mm. So this was Holy Grail Games, and they famously had to shutter their doors and close shop back in February. Yeah. Um, and so this <laughs> game, which was previously crowdfunded, basically does not exist. It's vaporware. We're going to be published. I don't know that they even got it printed. Yeah. So it's not even like it's sitting somewhere waiting to be delivered. It just doesn't exist. That's not good. No, the game looked good. I'd actually pre-ordered a copy, so that's some money off into the ether. Oh, no. For, for the great money gods. Um, my money's somewhere in a bankruptcy court right now. Oh, jeez. So. But um, one of two games this year that is definitely, definitely dead. Well, we're, go- we're going to take a slow boat to China and get that game. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even make our list this year. We gave up on putting it on the list. Uh, we're talking about Madeira. Like, that game is dead, dead, dead. So, uh it's been an interesting year for heavier games dying Look, on the we get a bunch of backers and we do a heist and the heist yes. is from Madeira and we get all the Madeiras and we give them to all the good ki- good boys and girls out there yes yeah because that one does exist they printed it and now they can't ship it so <laughs> uh, sucks yeah if you happen to be a big time investor in things there's a great board game out there that's printed and waiting to be shipped to yeah. uh, us all out there who backed it Pick it up, get it. Don't charge me a fortune for shipping. I will I will take my game, please. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh next up we have Tabris. This is the new game from uh Randy Flynn, who designed Cascadia. So this was on GameFound, and I did back this, and to my knowledge, it doesn't exist yet. Uh, so <laughs> uh they started mass production in November, so it should probably arrive sometime in the late spring. Um but it looks interesting. Like Randy Flynn has made a lot of really good games. Cascadia is one of my favorites. Um, I'm excited for this one as well when it arrives. Yeah, it looks that. great. Looks really like a lot of fun. Uh, next up, we have Empire's End. Uh, so this, I believe, is another John D. Clare game. So the second one that we put on the list. Um, this time from Brotherwise, and a little bit lighter this time. This is a Civ game um, that... I don't like I know we talked about it and I know we put it on this list, but I know we both also were like, eh, yeah, it seems a little light. It was what we would want from this type of game. Yeah, I think I did a acquisition disorder on this because we, we were both looking forward to this. We both like civilization games and the artwork looked great, looked like a lot of fun. And then it at least seemed have not played it yet, but at least seemed substantially on the lighter side as far as making interesting decisions a game could be light and excellent but you got to make interesting decisions and this one seemed to be a lot of like 
flipping over certain cards in your tableau and that's about the size of it. So yeah. seemed like uh Majesty. Do you remember that game? Where you had like yeah. the, the line of yeah, that's it seems similar in in kind of mechanics and, and scope. Yeah. So Yep, that that's yeah. a good description, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next up we have First in Flight. This is a game about early aviation, so it's kind of like a press-your-luck element as you kind of try to build the first airplanes. Um, it was designed by Matthew O'Malley and Ben Rossett, who worked together on a lot of stuff, most famously The Search for Planet X, the top 100-ranked game, but also Between Two Cities, um, The Search for Lost Species, uh, lots of stuff. So this one, I believe, came out. You can buy it. I oh. uh, did not hear much about it. <laughs> uh, it is, it was it was kickstarted, and you'd think you would hear more about it as people got their copies, but it's kind of just kind of petered out, unfortunately. Aww. So, um, reviews came out about two three months ago. I haven't had a chance to track it down and play it yet, but it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I I like these designers. Yeah, same. Um, next up, we had Fit to Print. Uh, this is the new one from the uh, publishers behind Cascadia, and it was like a like a real time newspaper building type thing which yeah. galaxy like both of us said meh to yeah it the artwork is good i think it's also you know tool if i remember correctly and the graphic design looks good and the concept about building the newspaper sounds good and then it comes down to a lot of just random luck as far as flipping the tiles and getting the rest of the certain spots and again i haven't played it so i can't really critique it in any particular way but that's what i saw when they did the kind of the preview and the demos and the videos that i watched and then a lot of the reviews that came out for it was like there was certain kind of random mechanics as far as scoring was concerned that people felt just detracted from the game as a whole right yeah it just it the vibe of it all overall didn't really grab me and then Mm -hmm. obviously didn't follow through um Next up, we have Imperium Horizons. This is the third release in the Imperium set from uh, Nigel Buckle and David Turchi. Uh, it doesn't exist yet. It now says 2024. <laughs> so that's going on next year's list. Um, okay. Imperium's great, but this is not out yet. Aw. I know. <laughs> uh, they're all fully compatible with each other, though, which is very cool. So if you have one of them, you can get more. It's just basically an expansion. Sure. Uh, Futures. Future Energy, uh-huh. sorry, is the next one. This was a re-implementation of Pioneers. <laughs> Um, which was a game that came out kind of as the add-on to uh, Merlin back yeah. in the day. Mm-hmm. So Queen ran there like, you can only get Merlin from Stefan Feld on Kickstarter. Also, we have this other game called Pioneers. It's whatever. It's a whatever um, game. <laughs> yeah. And it people treated it as such. It was actually pretty decent. I it played it. Great. Yeah, it was, it was fine. fine. It was fine. Um, and so this was like them being like, no, 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 it is good. Look, now it's like about green energy and... uh. I think they ran this twice on two separate campaigns and people do not care. Yeah. So um didn't do great. And I, I don't know that it's necessarily chipped out yet, but it's people are not excited about it. I know that. Yeah, I think honest good idea. Good idea to do interesting game about uh green energy. It just seemed very generic. Right. And if you're going to port over mechanics from an, another game, it should be a game that is exceptional, except for the theme. Pioneers right. was okay. So, yes, it's a better theme, 100%. Rather do green energy stuff than pioneering any day of the week, but... Right. Yeah. 
yeah, so we'll we'll see when it's actually out. We get to play it, but I'm sure it's yet another seven. Yeah, so, as these often are. Um, next up we have Let's Go to Where Japan. Are we going? Oh, okay. to Japan. We're going to Japan. <laughs> um, this is designed by Josh Wood, who also did Santa Monica and Cat Lady for AG. So both uh-huh. of those did pretty well. And it's a game about going on vacation to Japan, as one would imagine. Um, it's not out yet. It now also says 2024, so mm. it kind of got pushed out of the year. Um, but we saw previews of this at PAX in 2022. Yeah. And it was like, that looks interesting. The artwork looks really interesting. Yeah. And we don't really know much more about the game yet, a full year plus later. Mm-hmm. And it so. seems like they want to make this a series. Ergo, the odd let's go exclamation point to Japan. Right. <laughs> not let's that go is... to Japan. Let's go exclamation point to Japan with no punctuation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, so someday we will go to Japan in this game. That's right. And it will be fine. <laughs> it might even be good. It's possible. It could be good. Yeah. It could be good. Um, all right. Next up, we have Daybreak. Uh-huh. Uh, this is Matt Leacock's new game about combating the climate crisis. Um, so I backed this. I have it. It's downstairs. I haven't played it yet. Uh, it's cooperative, as one would expect from Leacock. And honestly, the only thing I know about the game and the reason I think the reviews are not as good as it seems like they could be Mm -hmm. is that the shipping was a nightmare. Oh, so they made everything sustainable. They removed all plastics from the production. Great. But they didn't actually do a good job of replacing those plastics with fibers that could hold up to shipping. Ooh. So a lot of people's copies showed up pretty battered and bruised. Like my box is almost destroyed. Wow. Um, So it's, it's held together by tape. Ah, uh, yeah, it's not great. So, I think a lot of people are annoyed about that. I'm annoyed about that. Um, I haven't really decided whether to pester them for a new box or copy yet because I don't know that it would do any good, and it's just going to cost them money. But that's what happened there. Um, I hope the game is good because I bought it because I want to be able to use it in my classes, but mm-hmm. I haven't gotten the chance to play it yet. Uh, next up, inventions, evolution of ideas. This was the new um, Batal Lacerda game, and we both didn't back this, right? We both we both didn't it. back it. Yeah, yeah, so which is unheard of. Weather machine. I know, <laughs> but it's it's honestly it's Weather Machine's fault. So. It is. Yeah, because that game I backed sight unseen because I back all of his games, and then yeah. I got it in, and I'm like, it's impossible to learn. Doesn't seem that great. It's a little convoluted. Inventions was giving me kind of the same vibe, and I was like, I'm just gonna not. So yeah. It might be another one of his games he had in his back pocket for a while. Yeah. Yep. So I will see. I hope it's not. I mean, I hope it is good for the people who backed it, but then I'll be annoyed that I didn't back it. So we'll see. Hey, welcome to my world. I, yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. The Fox Experiment. Uh-huh. This was Elizabeth Hargrave's new game with Pandasaurus. Um, I did back this one and I got a chance to play it last week so haven't reviewed it yet because we're not doing reviews this week um it is fine (laughs) so (laughs) i give it a solid play it's got a really cool mechanic in it where you're like drafting these different foxes and collecting these different dice and having these different modifiers and trying to piece together these different traits that's all really cool that is a, such a small, simple thing. And that is the whole game, basically. And then all this extra stuff is built around it. So 
I could see a lot of people playing this, especially if they're like newish to the hobby and be like, this is amazing. It's really cool. And it shows science. Mm. Um, but if you've played a lot of games, you're like, that's it. Okay. I guess that's it. So um, it's got little like dry erase cards, which I think are nice, but it's uh, I'll review it in a couple weeks, but it's, it's, it did not blow my socks off. Unfortunately. Gotcha. Uh, Alhambra, the red palace. So I know you sent me this the other what it was up on Kickstarter, and I yeah. said, "No, thank you, no, thank you." Yeah, that was an acquisition disorder um, that we that we had talked about. I think it didn't make it to the list because, like you said, you have you've been a big fan of Alhambra, but again, I, I guess there's always going to be a game out there that just hit hit its wall, and Alhambra's had I can't I can't even count how many expansions Alhambra's have. Because oh Queen gosh. Queen does all the little Queenies on top of the regular expansions. Yeah. Uh, Alhambra is a great game. It's building your Alhambra. It's building this little city, and the obviously the number of tiles that you have of particular color is going to score you points. So there's a lot of race for certain colors, and certain colors are worth more than others. And then the downside, unfortunately, happens to be more times than not um, that that's about it. Yeah. But there's expansions. Good or bad, this one actually adds some variety to the types of buildings that you are trying to purchase and trying to add to your Alhambra. So it adds it adds a different mechanic to it. It adds some it mixes it up a bit. I appreciate that, but I have Mega Box yeah. for Alhambra. It has 45 expansions in the box. Yeah, but I mean it's only 45. It's only 45. <laughs> I mean that I mean, come on. I played I played two of them, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you, you, you know, you got to get to a, a solid fifty here. Which this one had like not just one, but like several other stuff in there. So I just like Alhambra is not a lifestyle game, so it doesn't need that many versions or ways to play. Uh-huh. Like, I I get it as a designer. Dirk Hen just wants to kind of fiddle. I sure, it, but I don't want more versions of this. So I did not. Oh, I know. It does look cool. The three D buildings. It does look cool. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next up we have My Island. This is from Reiner Knizia. It is My City, basically, which was a legacy city-building game, but now you're building an island. You played over 24 games. You build up the island. Things grow over time. It's fun. <clears throat> it is fine, by all accounts, um, as was My City. So I don't, I don't know that Knizia is... You need a good story, mm-hmm. I think, to, to carry a legacy game. Kanitsi is a mathematician, so I don't know that's the right guy to do that. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> the next up, we have the Castles of Burgundy Special Edition. I got it. It exists. It's pretty. Oh, like it. lovely. It's but I like it. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Is it different than the game? No, but it's a very pretty version of the game, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the boxes, it's too big, <laughs> but... It's not quite so big that I couldn't carry it somewhere. It's almost too big. It's but it's smaller than Gloomhaven. It's smaller than Anachrony. I think I could carry this somewhere. So it's okay. All right. You say that now, but when I ask you to bring it over, I'm gonna play back this episode for you. Just saying. Yeah, but if I bring it over there, I gotta like carry it on the train. And... <laughs> yeah. You said you carry it. That's all everyone heard it. I have witnesses. I, I said I would carry it in general, not not to Staten Island. Ah, oh, come on. All the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> um, all right. Next up, Darwin's Journey. 
I know you play this one a lot. Yes, I played this, backed it. It took a while to get here, played it, was okay with it, then played the expansion with it. And folks, if you don't play with the expansion, it's not the best game. It it's the best it's the best version of the game only if you play with the expansion. And I'm not trying to sell you an expansion. Do not make any money. We, we're not, as you know, no. independent podcasters out here, just all about our people. Uh, it needs the expansion. The expansion should have been in the base set because otherwise it is, I don't know. I want to say it's vanilla, but I don't want to make fun of vanilla. Vanilla's pretty cool. People like vanilla. I'm a big fan of vanilla. Uh, it's just very basic. It's just, it's fine. It's yeah, playable. Yeah. It's playable with, with the with the base thing, but the game itself is all about taking one of can't remember off the top of my head four or five actions, and if two of those actions don't really do much of anything or don't do something often enough, you're going to be like, why am I playing this game if only two actions are really viable? So, right, the expansion fixes that, which is awesome, but it should have been in the base game. Just saying. Yeah, I played it once without the expansion, and my I immediately texted you afterwards. I'm like, "Am I missing something?" And you're like, "The expansion." I'm like, "Aha, <laughs> that's what I'm missing." Sadly, um, sadly, yes. Yeah, I do have the expansion now, so I I will play it with that at some point. Uh, next up is Distilled, another game that you play that I have not. I was surprised. I mean, the Distilled theme is not a theme that I typically would be interested in picking up or playing, and sat down and played it, and I thought thematically i thought it was a very smart game and it felt it made me appreciate uh the alcohol industry i guess i should say right <laughs> I, I don't i never thought i would say that on a podcast but considering the amount of work that goes the amount of work and the amount of science and artistry and artisans that go into creating all this hard liquor uh it's pretty impressive and the game really makes you feel like you are part of that production at each stage and then it throws in a little bit of fun here and there as far as like what might happen during the aging process but the game is never never so restricted that you feel like you can't do things you could always do things in that game and you could always be building towards something and then it's a race against the other people at the table to get uh i guess the the liquor rights for that particular hard alcohol that you're creating. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, worked really well. Thematically, just crushed it. Awesome. Yeah, this is another one on my shelf that I'm looking forward to playing. Yep. Uh, Hegemony, lead your class to victory. We both have this. Yes. Have we played it? I've played. I've played it a bit. Uh, oh, okay. And. <laughs> Yeah, no, I played it a bit, and I say that a bit because it's a lot. So yeah. when I say a bit, that's a lot. And this was uh, probably my most anticipated game. Uh, and when I got this, I was not disappointed. I was pretty impressed with whatever, you know, what, what they had put into the box as far as the components, the graphic design, the artwork, the rule books were good, and the, all the historical information. Basically, everything here is great. It's just that you need four players to invest the time in not just understanding their particular uh, class power set, but also everyone else's to see how they interact. So there is a level of asymmetrical gameplay here that's unique and wonderful. But it, it is one of those games that you have to have, I hate to say it, you do need to have a group for this. Yeah. 
yeah the the whole four player asymmetrical thing is it's always a tough sell it is um this one in particular seems doubly tough uh all right next up we got a couple that are not out or what is out we haven't played station fall uh-huh this is the new uh matt eckland game who is the son of phil eckland um and it is about a space station and all sorts of crazy things going wrong um it was on kickstarter it shipped people seem to like it i don't think either of us has played this nope. correct nope um unconscious mind is not out yet but i know you did back this i did back your it. most anticipated right yeah definitely it's uh upcoming my most anticipated the production the expansions the artwork the hopefully thematic gameplay like i was just talking about before hopefully it all does it all very well and at this point it seems like from from the updates and the the rule book out there it looks like it does and uh we even have a friend of ours who worked on one of the expansions uh to our surprise we didn't know he was he was part of that kind of production and uh gave us a little bit of inside kind of thoughts about how it plays out and uh yeah looks good hopefully yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not out yet. We don't know if it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those games that it's another one of those Kickstarters where you're going to have to spend all the monies to get the game. So, yeah, needs to be good. Yeah, I, I hope so for everybody's sake, because I know many people uh, specifically in your field yes. back to this game and are excited about it. Very much so. All right. Uh, next up, we have Septima staying on the Chris train. This Yay! All you, man. There you all go. See, you. I, see, I back things, too. <laughs> Yeah, I back Septima. I was really looking forward to, uh, to this. This is Mind Clash Games, all about a witch coven trying to get a new leader. And great production, great artwork. Uh, the gameplay is definitely more streamlined and lighter for a Mind Clash game. I think, as Anthony mentioned earlier about uh, Voidfall, it has everything. It The Voidfall game, when it came with Kickstarter, came with every possibility that Voidfall could ever have. Uh, Septima is just a game. And I don't mean that in a bad way, because the review's coming up, but it's it's not one of typical, it's not one of Mind Clash's typical, like, blow out the doors kind of thing. This is a very edited, streamlined game. One thing I will say, if you do have it and you haven't played it, don't believe the rulebook that, you know, like, you have to play the base version first. The base version, again, just kind of like Darwin's, is is not there's not enough interesting decisions in there to keep you around. Play with the play with the expansion right off the bat. You're not going to be thrown by it. You'll you'll enjoy it. Great. Yeah, I mm-hmm. look forward to playing it. Uh next up Lagranha Deluxe Master Set. This was on Kickstarter early in 2022. It shipped over the summer this year. Mm-hmm. Um and Lagranha is a great game. This is a great version of that game, very pretty, updated, not like the Spielworks stronghold basic version that had been around sure um people seem to be really digging it i don't know that it changed too much in the base but i know there's some extra stuff they added expanded in it um so yeah i did not back it myself i like lagranha i didn't like it enough to spend like the hundred dollars to get a new version of it but i would be happy to play it or if i saw it somewhere maybe even give it a give it a spin yeah i i had the original and then i passed that on to somebody else because i was like this is fine but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to do. It's a lot of. It takes a lot of movements to do one or two things. Yeah. So, I really wasn't interested. I, I looked at it, but I really wasn't interested in the the revised version. I like the new visual take. It's sure. softer. Mm-hmm. Like the old version was really busy. It was hard to look at. Yeah. 
So this is much easier to look at without losing any of the visual information, which I think is important. Yeah, and that game has a lot of visual information because that's a mul- yeah. those are multi-use cards. And also yep. your player board is basically a multi-use player board because you'll stuff cards north, south, east, and west on that too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, next up, another Uwe Rosenberg game, Oranienburger Canal. Uh, this one was on GameFound. It was a Spielworks game, and it came out early this year. Um, I did get this. I have it. I've played it a little bit, a little bit. It's one of those one to two player games that it does play it too fine, but I played it solo and I'm like, it seems like a solo game. So it gives me like Fields of Arl vibes in that way. Mm -hmm. So it's got like the glass road mechanic with like the wheel. Um, and it's, it's really good. It's not pretty, but it's Spielworks. So I'm not surprised. Um, but it is one of those really solid games that I, I kind of wish had gotten bigger distribution from a larger publisher. Because I think people will be talking about like, oh, this is one of Rosenberg's better games. But only so many people got copies of it. Sure. Spielworks prints what they need to and then they're done. Um, all right. Next up, we have Skyrise. Uh, this was the Roxley game. Um, their new kind of update to an old one they were bringing back metropolis Mm -hmm. we saw this at pax last year and it was like so overproduced for like this really light (laughs) 2.0 game but at the same time we're like it's pretty way overproduced but it's pretty um and i i don't believe it has made its way into the world yet um there's like some it has shipped out to the backers i believe but i don't think it's reached uh yeah or no hasn't even shipped to the backers yet so it's it's still working on it, despite the fact it's pretty well overdue. Um, but there's a lot of plastic going on, so I'm not surprised. Gotcha. Uh, Terraforming Mars, the dice game. This was a nice, pleasant surprise. I backed this despite all my best interests, and I was like, I guess I'll back it. And <laughs> I had, we played it yeah. uh, at Gen Con. We're like, oh, actually, this is pretty good. Yeah, we played it also several times at our charity event. Got a lot of people to play it. Uh it's again, it's one of those kind of odd, like it's Terraform Mars. Kind of. Yes. I don't know. Somewhat. Yeah. Kind of. You roll the dice. It, yeah. It feels. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of mixed reactions at the table as far as playing it. But uh, it definitely wasn't one of those, you know, throwaway games, which was glad I was really glad to see because they could have. And I told the designer this. I'm like, you could have just just done anything here. And it's a decent game. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Legacy of You. This is a another Shem Phillips game because it can. Yeah. Like twice a year. Um, <laughs> this is solo only. Yeah. And it's about playing as the legendary hero of the Shia dynasty, You the Great, who helped stop the impending flood and defended against barbarians um, in the Shia uh, era of China. So the typical Sam Phillips artwork from Garpil Games. Um, but because it's designed as solo only, I have this. Yeah. But because it's designed as solo only, it is very streamlined. It's very interesting. It has very high ratings because the people who play it are the direct audience for this type of game. Um, and this is kind of falls into Garp Hill's like historical realm of games. They have a few of those that are based on like historical events rather than like the mythical or legendary fake made up um, regions that they have for those other stuff. Uh, it's cool. I, I like that they do this because it's a standalone. It doesn't feel like part of a trilogy. It's relatively short. Um, it's accessible. Good stuff. Very nice. 
Uh, next up, Stellaris Infinite Legacy. This mm-hmm. game that we thought was vaporware, but apparently exists. <laughs> I, it does exist. At least, at least a demo version of it does exist. That I that I got a chance to sit down at PAX, and I guess I got a mix mix reaction on this. Like the actual game board stuff. What didn't knock me out? I was just like, oh, that seems fine. But the whole individual player setup board where you can kind of build your faction by placing cards and all your units and pieces and how it packs up and breaks down. That was just that was, a you know, worth the price of admission. I'm like, they were able to do all the things that they needed to do here. And I was really impressed by that. I'm just surprised it exists. I again, this is another one of those games where we'll have to have another category. I hope this is terrible because yeah. this was a game yeah. that you and I had talked about pr- quite extensively, and I did want to back it. And the rule book was not out; there was no video out about this, and it had one of those like if you back within like twenty four or forty eight hours, you get a special thing. And I was just like, "Oh, I want the special thing," <laughs> <laughs> but if, sadly, the special thing meant you had to back it really early on at like several hundred dollars. I think it was like three hundred some odd dollars, and I was yeah. like, "Can't do that." Sorry, no. So, looks cool. Hope it's terrible. And that's a compliment. <laughs> right. Because, again, uh, a lot of space games, please all be all, please all be terrible, but Andromeda. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm asking. Yes. Yeah. Just the one I backed be good. The rest be bad. Yes, please. I mean, it's not it's not too much to ask, you know? No. That's what I want <laughs> every day. I go through this list. I'm like, I didn't back that. Is it good? And you're like, yep. And I'm like, oh, man. Damn it. <laughs> Secondary market? No. Boo. All right. Uh, the next one is a game that I did back and is not good. So oh, the flip side of that. Yeah. Uh, Lords of Ragnarok is the sequel to Lords of Hellas, yes. which is good. And I have that. Eh, it's it's and fine. And so they're like, hey, there's yeah. a Norse version with the, the you know, the Viking gods. I'm yeah, like, that's cool. And I backed that. And then it came in and I tried to learn it like three times. I'm like, is this nonsense? Is there no rules here? Um. And if you want a sense of what that actually looks like, go watch the no pun intended or included NPI review yeah. on YouTube. Um, does a very good job of breaking down why this game is like fundamentally bad and a representation of what's wrong with crowdfunding in general. Yeah. So it's uh it's a shame. It still has a seven point five because again, crowdfunding is bad. <laughs> so. All the plastic, none the gameplay. Yep. Uh, it is a mess. It is, I think, impossible to learn, and I'm not going to review it, so I'm not going to bother. There you so, go. It's on my to-sell list. If you want it, if you want those miniatures, I'll sell it to you. There you go. Uh, Dune War for Arrakis is up next. This is on a container coming to the U.S. I just got an email today from Simon saying they're going to be shipping it like mid-January. Mm. So we don't have this yet, Aww. but we will. we will have it in about a month. Get the Spacing Guild so, on that. I'm very excited for this with the new movie coming with playing Dune Imperium lately yeah. uh, with my son all of a sudden being like, I like Dune. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, and with this being like the War of the Ring designers, mm-hmm. I'm like, this game better be amazing because I really want to like it a lot. And, it and ha- I paid a lot of money for it. And it so. has the Simon minis in there, like the little mini minis. Yeah. Just great. Yeah, little tiny guys. So excited, excited, excited for this coming very soon. All right. Uh, next up, we have Age of Invention. Inventors? Age of Inventors. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking of the other game yeah. that came out recently. Mm-hmm. This is Age of Inventors, 
um, which is about the golden age of in- invention and all the different types of in- inventors um, across history. I don't know. Uh, so this was on Kickstarter. I did not back this. I don't know a ton about it. I know we put it on the list because it looked interesting, it, but then uh, I didn't hear anything this year. Yeah, it disappeared completely. And that kind of worries me because it did come in hot and then just nobody picked it up as far as of, of being of interest for any reason. Right. Um, so we'll come back to you with that if we get a chance to play it or if it pops back up. Uh, next up, we have Mercurial. This is from designer David Goh, um, who designed Endogenesis. Mm-hmm. And it is a very pretty looking um, kind of mishmash of mechanics game, right? Card and dice manipulation, but a whole bunch of other stuff going on as well. About wizards off in some magical land. Yeah. It's on Kickstarter. It looks pretty. Yeah. It's worth putting on here. Absolutely. Uh, Marvel Zombies. This was one of the bigger Kickstarter campaigns of all time. And it is now shipped. Um, I famously was like, no, thank you, sir. I'm not interested <laughs> in this. And then uh, a friendly local game store had ordered a billion copies of it. And so I actually ended up backing it anyways, but like through the local store. But by doing that, I got it for about $200 cheaper than everybody else. Wow. Because I didn't have to pay the shipping because they had their free shipping policy. Nice. So. So I paid the actual cost from Kickstarter. I didn't pay any of the shipping that went with it. It was still a lot of money, but no shipping. So I was like, that's pretty good. I'm happy with this. Nice. Um, it's Zombicide with Marble, but it's a lot of really <laughs> cool skulls. Yeah. It, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing with my son. We were going to play last weekend, and then um, we both got COVID. So that didn't happen. But, uh, Ouch. It'll be, it'll be fun to play over the holiday break. Yeah, and it's it's just it's good to have some it's 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 that kind of fun, right? It's that popcorn kind of just throw it back and enjoy the theme. Yeah, yeah, and like the the new Marvel What If is on Disney Plus. Yeah, like for the next eight days or whatever. Yeah. How are they doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's another Zombies episode in there too. So there's always it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll play it. We'll play it and we'll watch it. It'll be fun. There you go. All right, and then last but not least on our list of new game releases, and then we have a few expansions, is the Stefan Feld collection, the ones that exist. Um, I have played one of these. I played Marrakesh with you mm-hmm. um, at a game retreat. Um, you've played all of them, right? I have played all of these. Yes. I am so the I'll expansion guy. Don't, don't get my way, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all about the Hamburg, expansion. Amsterdam. Uh-huh. I backed those. I don't have the, I haven't played them, uh-huh. but I backed them. I have them. Marrakesh, I played with you. I liked it fine. Yeah. Um, New York, I wasn't interested in, but yeah, uh, they're all fine. They're all not. They're all of them are not better than their predecessors. Um, Marrakesh is the best of all of them. The other ones are okay, but they go. They work really hard to do something different, and they didn't need to do that. Honestly, yeah, that was that's a shame. Honestly, I'm just gonna say it. I mean, look, we could just do an hour on this the whole thing with queen games and Feld and the city collection and you can listen back to our podcast for the past 10 years uh i don't i listen to a lot of board game podcasts i don't know many people out there in the board game industry who do media stuff that love Feld as much as we do and i was tremendously disappointed because honestly a lot of these games went out of print and some of these games are not the best and all he needed to do was just do some updates do some streamlining do some tweaks and maybe give us a different theme, which he did city. Uh, but 
that was not what took that's not what happened what happened was something completely different it's not horrible um and if you haven't played the originals these might be perfectly fine and and you know good to get to the table but i i don't know what happened here and then obviously i don't know what they're i don't know what queen games was looking for as far as be of this being financially viable but Every other version, every other game version of the City series has had less com- less quality components, less deluxified, less giveaways, less extra, extra, extra stuff. So I got off the train. So, which again, it's, you would ne- I would never it, think I would, but I did. Yeah, yeah. This is these Kickstarters are the, like I had every Stefan Feld game. I had collected all of them, mm-hmm. um, even the rare ones. And this is the one where I'm like, oh, I'm done. I can't. Yes. Yeah. Like, once you don't have all of them, you're like, well, I might as well get rid of the ones I don't really like. <laughs> and so I've actually sold like half of my Stefan Feld games now because why would I continue to collect them if they're going to cost so much money? Like Marrakesh, we played. I didn't hate it. It was like a strong play for me. I would buy that if it was a normally priced game. But to get the version you have mm-hmm. is almost $200. Yeah. Which is obscene to me. And if you want like the essential edition, which is kind of a much uglier, flatter version of that, it's still a hundred bucks. Yeah. So I'm like, I cannot pay a hundred dollars for this game. It should be fifty. And I I don't know what they're doing. Like they're printing like twenty copies at a time. It's print on demand. I don't know. But we saw the prices at PAX just for the essential editions of these games. And they were seventy, eighty, a hundred dollars mm-hmm. for the most basic version. I'm like, I cannot believe they're doing this. I don't think that they know what they're doing because in the end for them to re-release the game in an essential edition made no sense. Like they must've been like, there was, they left money on the table and they did, but not yeah. in the way they thought they did. Um, don't make a, don't make a worse version for a slightly cheaper price. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The slightly is important. There. Yeah. It's doing a lot of lifting because it was not that much cheaper than they No, And that's, yeah, that's a large part of the problem there. So, like, the FOMO on this doesn't work because it's so much stupid money. Yes. All right. So that's all the games. Now, we have seven expansions as well uh-huh. um, that were scheduled for release. Uh, first up, Arc Nova, at the time called Aquarius, in the end called Marine Worlds. Um, this is the first expansion for Arc Nova. I have it. It doesn't really do much. Um, it has, like, a 9.0 on Board Game Geek, and I get it because I'm like, it's just more Arc Nova, yeah. but it's just more cards. And a handful of like slightly tweaked mechanics in terms of like now you have marine animals, and now you have like this one extra tile you could get from the association board. Okay, um, there's really not much in the box at all. Like this is not the expansion we're waiting for. Mm-hmm. It's not essential by any means. No, it's fine if you get it, throw all the stuff in, whatever. But it's not essential. Yeah, this would this would benefit from a, a complete reprint or a dune imperium uprising where it's like the same game but they included some of the essential parts streamlined some other stuff and cleaned up the artwork right Mm -hmm. yep i'd be cool with that um uh next up we had spirit island nature incarnate this was on backer kit and it shipped out i have it it's got eight new spirits 20 new aspects and a whole bunch of other new random stuff thrown in um one of the best games ever made a lot of new interesting content for that game. So if you play Spirit Island a lot, this is a great expansion to have. If you don't play it a lot, there's a lot of stuff already in the box. Yeah. So I don't I don't know that you need this. I have so much Spirit Island. I think you might have more than me. I'm not sure. I have 
I have all of it. All right, so you definitely have more than me. <laughs> yeah. I don't need all of it. I don't play it that much, but I have all of I it. I started picking up like the deluxe components and things at some point, and I yeah. was just like, I'm picking up a lot of stuff for a game that I have not played as much, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I play it like maybe 3 or 4 times a year. I'll pull it out solo and play it like a handful of times in sure. a row, and then I put it away for a few months. Why do I have all this stuff? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it certainly it certainly rises. And again, I don't know why we haven't. I think we might have done an episode like this. Like there are games that are lifestyle games. I don't think yeah. that this game ever, at least initially, was intended to be a lifestyle game. As far as like the amount of game components cost, but also the amount of time that you really want to invest in it to play it at its top level. Because I I think if you just sit down and, and sit at the table and just pick up a random faction and just try to play through it, you're going to have a fun time, but it's it's going to be quite limiting and challenging for you versus like if you think about it, right? If you sit down and like, what factions work best with this? Which card combinations work best? Like it, it certainly uh, rewards that kind of investment. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there's a lot of really cool stuff there. All right, uh, next up we have War of the Ring, Kings of Middle-Earth. Now, this was on the list three years in a row, <laughs> and it yeah. it almost didn't make it this year, but I got my copy of this in the mail three days ago, so it made it. It is a 2023 release, uh, Kings of Middle-Earth. Um, they announced the expanded special Super Fancy Edition, limited edition, whatever they're calling it, Yeah. Um, that they put the pre-orders up already. It's probably already sold out. And that's coming out sometime next year, but it does exist. So you can play now with the added characters, the Theoden and Denethor and Dane and Brand and Brandwell, mm-hmm. um, all the Kings of Middle Earth. Yay. Uh, so the, <laughs> they say they're done. They say this is everything. Lying. I, I know they're lying, but, um, but they've been working on this expansion for like three or four years. Yeah. And I, and I thought for a while, once they announced the card game, they're like, Oh, that's what they got distracted by. Like, no, that was a different designer. Yeah. They just, couldn't get this done for whatever reason. So I feel like they might be done. Because right. what else are you going to throw in the game? Oh. Unless you start digging into some really like obscure stuff that wasn't actually in the trilogy at all. Yeah. I, I mean, no no game designer, game publisher would do that. No, well, yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't know, man. Like, I have, I have the Warriors of Middle-Earth limited edition. Mm-hmm. I pre-ordered this limited edition, which comes with the Lords. Mm-hmm. But I never had the original game, and now it's like four grand on eBay. And I'm like, just reprint that, yeah. and I'll be happy. I... That'll maybe be the last thing I ever buy. I'll just be, I'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> like... Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Castles of Mad King Ludwig Renovations. Did this come out? Uh, I don't know, because after Mad King went gigantic... I just had to step away. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just knocked me off the table. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's uh, wait, no, no, too much, too much, too much. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I asked for a bigger version. I am really sorry. People, I asked for a better, bigger version and now I can't. Nah, just going to walk away now. Yeah. It, it seems to exist. It does. People are talking about it. Yeah. No, there's, there's conversations. How do they have table room for all this stuff? I don't know. Um, but yeah, renovations. That that is a thing that came out that none of us have heard anything about. So <laughs> sadly, this was a hot game. People really liked it, and then they did that weird Kickstarter, and then it, I feel like that kind of 
killed the game. It killed my vibe. I I own I own the game. I own the expansion. I'm, I'm trying to remember if there's a second expansion. I own at least one of the expansions, the first expansion, which is the I think the moats, and it really fills out the game. And I've liked the game. It's it's a high play for me because I study to be an architect. I just I like the idea of the uh, the floor plants coming together. And I think it's an interesting auction mechanic because it does have that I split you choose kind of thing because you set the prices of the different rooms. And I played it with family and I played it with gamers. So like I've been a big proponent of it. And then they came out with a super gigantic, ridiculous, deluxe version of it. And I was like, I'd like to buy this, but also, you know, I, I need to pay for my health care. it was very expensive it was very expensive and you know under normal circumstances in an ideal world i would have bought this and played it on my gigantic 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 table because i think that's what it would take to to play this oh my god floor this is a floor oh my god i don't know nope Uh, i'm out the fact that they still won't show us what it looks like tells me on a table just show it what it looks on a table a normal table or i want to go to a convention and see it at a convention all I'm I saying. I think they produced a game that can't be played. That's, I think this would happen. Well, I mean, it was, it was bound to happen. These boxes are getting bigger and bigger. I know. Uh, it comes with free K-Lag. There you go. All right. Uh, Eclipse, Second Dawn for the Galaxy, Outcasts, and Seekers. These are two new mm-hmm. packs of different races and species. Um, it hasn't come out yet. I think it's coming out at the end of February. So we'll come back to you. Yeah, definitely but needed. Eclipse. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because the other factions I've kind of played out of. So yeah. Yeah. So like more variability, more asymmetry, always great. Mm-hmm. A game like that. Yep. Uh, Wonderland's war. Is this a game you ever got a chance to play? I never did. I heard a lot of good stuff about it. Um, lots of monies on that end, but have not gotten a chance to get it to the table anywhere. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. I had a copy for a little while that I got used locally. And then I had, I knew somebody who wanted it and I was like, you can have it. Cause I have, I still haven't played it. So, um, there's an expansion, uh, the Shards of Madness, mm-hmm. that apparently is very interesting. It adds a lot of different mechanics and ideas and thoughts to the game. Um, I think it was part of the Kickstarter, but hitting retail. So uh, that's all I know about it. I don't think it's actually come out yet. And But people really love this game, Wonderland's War, which I find interesting because it is like this weird like spinoff offshoot of Alice in Wonderland IP, but not IP. It's It's interesting. <laughs> All right, and then last but not least, we have an expansion for one of my favorite games um, that I didn't think would ever exist, honestly, because Iki is a game that came out in Japan seven or eight years ago. I picked up a copy at Gen Con forever ago. Sorry, We Are French finally brought it to the U.S. last year, and then this year they brought an expansion in which they added a whole new market across the bridge. Um, And then, like, boats and trading and, like, all sorts of new mechanics, which are amazing. So I. I don't think I reviewed it on the podcast, but I have had a chance to play through it like with the solo adjusted mode. It doesn't really have an official solo mode, but kind of adjusted. It seems like it's best played at higher player counts because of the way the new mechanics come in. So that's why I haven't really reviewed it, but it does cool stuff. Iki is still one of my favorite Rondell-based games. The way like, you recruit people and then you activate them at various times, you retire them. It's like a cool way to like simulate the lifespan of crafters um, in this market. And this kind of adds to that. So uh, the fact that it exists is amazing that they went to Coda and they're like, hey, make more stuff for this game from eight years ago. He's like, okay. 
Um, so there you have it. 50 plus games and expansions that came out or did not come out in 2023 and where we landed on them. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's a fantastic year for games. It's just a sad thing that so many of them have not come out yet, but uh, hopefully soon because um, they look really great. And yeah, a lot of good stuff to get to the table. All right, everyone. So that's everything for this week. Um, we all want to wish you a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Um, we will be continuing to publish episodes each and every week. I know a lot of people take uh, time off for from their podcasting. We want to let you know we'll be here for you. So get you through the holidays, get you through the holiday drives, get you through those family events, and maybe, I don't know, let someone listen to the podcast and maybe get them into gaming. Until then, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at the table. Take care, everyone. Bye.